Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Wait, Jimmy, talk. Went, went. Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, good. I, I, there, nothing came out that first time. Um, so here we, we are. Need yep. Audio issues to start. Yes, Josue Pavone will not be on the show tonight. Ah, um, oh, come on. No one will. Uh, one game suspension. No one will prematurely end the stream. I'm still waiting for someone to fess up to that from last time. Yeah, what um, happened there? I don't know. Um, I blame Bobby. I do blame Bobby. Remember the one time he did do it? He was like, what happened? Like, OMFG. (laughs) No, first he was like, did you guys do that? It's not a laughing matter. It's not funny. Okay. There's nothing funny tonight. So you you wanted me mad last game. I'm mad this game. But I'm like calm mad. I'm not, you know, I'm not like, I'm not going to throw chairs, but it's pretty pathetic here. I mean, it's like. It's that swing thing again. Uh, they played like ass most of the night. A lot of your ball, my ball, 2020 Celt- 2021 Celtics sort of stuff. Uh, even when it was, you know, even when they were making some shots. Um, <sighs> hit your free throw. Hit your free throws, I'll say. You know. Hit your freaking it, free throws. Yeah, it was just, it wasn't, it wasn't a great game. Hit your free they weren't throws. really connected. They didn't really. Uh, start playing defense until kind of in that fourth quarter there. Uh, and then they really did. They, that, that the lineup that I want to see, Jimmy, that's the lineup that I like. I want to see the foursome of Brogdon Tatum, um, uh, uh, smart, uh, smart Brogdon Tatum, Brogdon, Tatum Brown and, um, and Rob, Rob. that's the four I want to see. And I don't care who the fifth sure? guy is. <laughs> I don't care who the fifth guy is. That's the four I said I wanted to see. I want to see them out there more. Uh, people on Twitter, there was a few people old like, oh, Brogdon isn't good at defense, and defense is the only thing that matters, and they can't be playing him right now. And it's like – and Brogdon didn't have a great offensive game, but just score some freaking points, guys, and you win the game. Why did they lose? Because they shut down hey, – fine, everyone, you're going to point at the Jalen free throws. Those were disgusting. You can't That's a micro that. reason why. That's <laughs> the micro reason why they lost. For sure. You can't you do that. And then, a... honestly, that's not the first time he has gone completely choke job at yeah. the line. That, you want to be a star? Hit your freaking free throws with a game on the line. That's tough. Yeah, that's that's you don't want to have that situation come up again in an even bigger in an even bigger game. So that sucked. But 
they just stop playing. They just, oh, let's just walk the ball up the court and Tatum will get it. And oh, just barely made it across half court with eight at the eight second mark. And here I am top of the key and I'm going to dribble and up here comes the double. I'm going to pass out of it. And what do you know? There's nine seconds left on the clock now. There's just too much of that. You know, like I just don't get the slow down, walk up sort of stuff, getting out of your (sighs) offense. Just you get five quick points. You go up there, step on their throat. End this friggin' game. Go home. Call it a night. You just had a are nice comeback. To, are you talking about the in fourth overtime, quarter? In overtime. It's okay. so frustrating watching them just kind of just die there in OT. ISO, yeah. ISO. Here we go. It's the same thing. Slow walk it up the court and just take forever to get into anything and always a forced ISO contested shot. Just brutally bad. I mean, so again, yeah, and someone just put in the chat, there's 10 reasons. You could go backwards and stack like 15 different things that cost this team the game. You could pick any one of them. It's just brutal. It was, it was you, brutal. You, you can. I, mean, I don't know if they were just gassed because that was a that was a really good, a great fourth quarter. Excellent uh, comeback, comeback. The last five minutes there, yeah. It was a complete reversal of the game in Miami. I mean, a complete reversal. I don't know. I can't figure this team out to <laughs> to be. I mean, I know that they had different. Pl- and again, I know they had. <laughs> They had different player, more players tonight than they had in Miami. So sure, that I'm sure that had something to do with it. But just the effort that they showed in the fourth quarter, Tatum just kind of trying, basically taking over there, and then Brown contributing. Um, but man, you're right, John. I mean, that overtime. I don't know if they were gassed. I don't know what it was, but the ball movement stopped. I mean, both teams really were missing wide open shots. Celtics got some good looks, couldn't get them to fall, and. Again, I'm not going to harp on it because it's pretty self-explanatory, but you went to the line with a chance to take the lead. I mean, bend your legs a little bit. I don't know what I, – I don't know. I mean, he was well sh- – you missed the first one. You make a little bit of an adjustment and you sink the second, and you missed the second one the same exact way you missed the first one. So that frustrates the hell out of me. Yeah, I the mean, ball barely got the barely the barely ball made it. Barely there. got above the rim at any point, and it's doing line drives. It was I don't just know. a shot put line drive, just flat need, right like, at the rim. Sugar, like some sugar. But to you get go some up five up nothing there, OT, and you get you get outscored ten two down the stretch. Um, you know they 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 scored the first uh, you know five points. Uh, you know in the first minute thirty. Derek and White with the three. Go, yeah, then they go three thirty with nothing. Oh, just brutal. Man, just yeah, I mean at home. This is a game they had to win. I mean, are we talking about another another stretch here? Uh, this is another just, this is another bump in the road stretch. There was going to be like West Coast all over again, or I don't know. It's just bad basketball. So again, yeah, but they're, they're a bad lot of habits, people were like, right. yeah, and that's why, like, that's why you harp on those two uh, games in Florida. A lot of people are like, that's, I put I put no stock in those Florida games. Well, you you are one of them. I mean, I didn't. I I wasn't shocked that they might lose that game, but you're still going to point stuff that you is and say like hey that was bad so there was plenty of bad stuff that they did there um in those Florida games you just never want to see those bad uh those bad habits there but I mean just in terms of how they went um you know after after scoring 150 in the possessions Tatum you know ISO uh misses a layup uh Brogdon misses a three uh Orford missed three uh what else did they have? I think there was an offensive foul on Horford as well. Um, Tatum with a loose ball foul. Uh, Tatum misses a, a, a you know a contested three. Rob gets that rebound. Tatum follow just bad, 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 bad. Tatum, by the way, just like 
never stopped pretended Jalen Brown didn't exist in overtime. Um, never got the ball to the point that Joe Mazzula threw up that play where he's like, Jason, you're going to stay in the backcourt <laughs> yeah. over here. Um, Your audio is being funky, dude, just so you know. Oh, how's it now? Am I tin can? No, you were just kind of in and out, but you're okay, right? This oh, sorry. I could hear you, but it just letting you know. Um, yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, and and play for Jalen. Yeah, Tatum, Tatum kind of went in a single player mode for a while there, but went into solo. I'm mode. not that upset about it because he was doing his thing, and the Celtics were making a comeback, and they did force overtime. Now he had a very clean look to win the game. I was a little bit surprised that Tibbs didn't try to bring a double team his way, like reminiscent of. Um, of Miami, he let Tatum go one-on-one and Tatum got a clean look, honestly. And it just rimmed out. Rob had a little follow-up opportunity and I think he got blocked or he got hacked one or the other, but either way, um, I wasn't, I wasn't mad with that look, but you're right, John, once it went into overtime, it was almost like, let's just chuck shots up and hopefully um, we'll hit more than they hit. And that's just not, not a way to do it. The Knicks, they fought, they fought pretty damn hard to do. I mean, you got to give Randall a shout out, man. I mean, he, he's <laughs> Bobby again. Didn't you say Bobby might have to do an apology cam for Randall and for Grant and for everything and for Cornette? Yeah, this is why I don't do apology cams. We need to bring up because I'll eventually be proven right. Yeah, G League Player of the Month hanging out in uh, in Maine apparently. Yeah, bring him up. Why not? Um, You're playing uh, Kevin Jelly. I, so talking, <laughs> talking about why Jalen, a lot of people were like Jalen was a ghost. He was invisible out there. He had more shots than Tatum for most of this game uh, because every single time he touched the ball in the uh, uh, early part of the game, he shot it. I think he shot like 90, 90% of the time the ball touches hands. He still <laughs> shot 22 times tonight. And make so that's up for hard, last time. That's hardly invisible. He was awful. Um, one of eight for three from three. I mean, damn, dude. I used to feel like he's had too many of those games. Uh, he was uh, Jalen was awful. It just wasn't his night, but he was just forcing it. He's just not within the flow and just kind of forcing shots. So you do wonder how much that impacts him not getting the ball late. If you, if the person giving it up knows that they'll never get it back. If that's the vibe. And like, as soon as they get rid of this, it's just going up. And <laughs> when Jalen disappears, like he did tonight, you do wonder if that's at play, um, I'm being told by our producer, Amit, who's at the game. What's up, Amit? Um, that uh, Joe um, had kind of like a weird interaction, which that's, I think those are the only well, interactions Joe wait, has, right? What's the, new, what's the news part portion of this segment? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, we're just going to play it. It was kind of asked. and let me. Let I'm me, excited let me to hear this because I have no idea what it's about. I'm going to paraphrase. He was asked what went wrong tonight. Um, so here's Joe Mazzula responding to that. What did you see that went wrong then? And even, you know, prior to that in the second half, where did things kind of go wrong? Yeah, just not getting to our space and moving the basketball. What What do you have to do to clean that up? Space and move the basketball. <laughs> uh, when you wrong. made the comeback, like what changed uh, at the end of the fourth quarter? Uh, we picked up our defensive pressure, um, forced him into some turnovers, and then we got to our spacing and passed the basketball. He does not respect you or any reporter or anybody. So anybody, at anybody. All, so here's what it comes down to with Joe. 
Joe is. I, I thought it was going to be worse. That, that seemed worse. about on par. But I finally figured out Joe Mazzula and these ridiculous answers with reporters. Hey, by Manning here. Wanted to take a second to tell you about betonline.ag, which remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from NFL playoffs here in January to pro and college basketball rolling on, UFC, MMA, and more. You always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online with live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag today. Or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Joe Mazzula does nothing in life but basketball. He's obsessed with it. He's prepares, studies, knows the game inside and out. He's smarter than you. He's smarter than us. He's smarter than everyone in that room times a thousand. And he does not suffer fools at all. And he thinks we're all fools. And he's not wrong. That's the thing is, though, Joe, that's always the case. (laughs) The coaches always know way more than everybody in there. So you can't do that. Like, you can't be that way. Just because you have greater knowledge, of course you have greater knowledge. Otherwise, the guys in the sta- the guys in the seats would be coaching, and you'd be asking the questions. That it's not right. it's not a competition. I don't know why he gets so mad that anybody. How dare you ask me a question? He's so defensive that you don't have the right to ask me because you're dumber about basketball than I am. Everybody's dumber about basketball than you are. Every reporter is. There's no reporter. Well, easy. Don't speak for me. Don't there is no reporter smarter than a coach when it comes to basketball. It's not, it doesn't exist. What about an intern? No coach? question would ever be answered in the history of time. No, I agree with you. I think Joe needs to not take the questions. Is he taking them personally? Yes, like, dude. I know, but it's like he he shouldn't because these these guys' jobs, reporters' jobs, is to get answers and then relay that information to the fans. So we're trying to get information. If you want it to be an accurate story and if you want the facts to be out there, then give the information that's going to help them write the facts and write the story and explain what went wrong. We're, we're asking you an open-ended question, allowing you to tell us what where went it went wrong? wrong out there. If you're going to give us four words, then you're leaving it up for now. You're leaving it up for, you know, the talking heads on the radio tomorrow or on TV, on ESPN. You're going to, you're leaving it up to the reporters to try to figure it out for themselves. So how is that a better avenue to take you know by the way i don't know i i don't know i mean honestly like wonder things, yeah he actually did call a couple timeouts tonight too which which was nice in situations that were i obvious. thought joe coached well tonight i got no problem with what yeah, joe did i, I love what they did down the stretch the doubling the knicks putting a lot of ball pressure on them, trying to get them to rush their offense to get quicker shots so they could – because you're down 10, 12 points with five minutes to go. You had to get it going. You couldn't – no, I mean, it, that pop is a great, uh, you know, example of right. just that basketball bully. Like, yeah, we get it, you friggin' – you're sure. a genius. You know about dribbling basketballs. <laughs> you're the smartest guy alive. It's, it's just basketball. You're not – 
you're not actually smarter than everybody in that room, but you're smarter right. about basketball. Just leave it alone. Have some respect for people. That's a separate issue. I actually don't care when coaches stonewall media. It's really, uh, it's a media story. It's not a real story. But the coaching story, I know a lot of people are on Joe with the coaching. I thought he coached well tonight because I do think that really, I mean, that's him. That's him saying, we got to pressure. We got to double. We got to get the ball out of their hands quicker. They did a really good job there. And the Celtics did a good job not losing guys on the backside when they were coming there and putting ball pressure and trying to get the Knicks out of rhythm and out of their offense and try to rush their offense a little bit. Um, and they did. They came back just like that. Boom, 10, 12 points. Um, and and, and the, the comeback was great. And then five points for OT. They should have stomped them. But um, I'm yeah. getting more reports from the field. So let me see. What do we got here? Oh, I mean – uh, I need I need clarity on what this one's about, but uh, Joe was talking about Jalen's misses. Uh, hold on one second. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't also don't I, listen I, as a as a somebody who used to be in the media room asking all those questions. I I never took it personal when a guy didn't want to answer the question, but I never understood why because I was like, dude, like help me help you. If you, <laughs> you like like this, I'm writing this trying to write this article and accurately, you know, explain what went wrong or what went right or whatever. It's like, I understand that you're competitive and he's probably, listen, he's probably mad. I mean, I would be mad too. So it's tough for some of these coaches and players to answer these questions right after a game when they haven't really even come down off of it yet. And maybe there's something a little, a little bit there. Um, but yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, to have like consistently be this way, it's not going to end well. Um, not going to end well. When it does go bad, it's only going to going to go worse because yeah. I'll tell you what, there's there's a lot of media members around Boston that they're going to be here. They're going to continue to be here for a long time and coaches come and go. And Jimmy Toscano's not going anywhere. Bobby Manning's not going I anywhere. Go, I ain't leaving. <laughs> I ain't leaving. So just something to think about. But You're dying to talk about the Patriots thing, aren't you? A little bit, but I'll, yeah, we'll I'll, get I'll hold to my it. tongue. I'll hold my tongue. <laughs> By the way, as an aside, sometimes I do ad reads on the show. I'll do cross promotional stuff. Andrew Callahan, uh, terrific reporter for the Boston Herald, terrific, um, uh, with an amazing behind the scenes story uh, with uh, Karen Garigian on the dysfunction with the Patriots. Uh, you should, one, read it, uh, but two, listen to the pod because the pod goes even deeper and talks that without giving too too much away it went even far deeper than what they could print uh, because they had to corroborate every single story three really? or four different times but the anecdotal stuff they heard from extremely well-trusted sources that they couldn't corroborate by getting them confirmed by multiple sources was like jaw-dropping stuff so like there could be another story behind this once more of that stuff comes out or is corroborated that's even more like oh my god it's even worse than the bad, I thought. Anyway. We all knew it was bad, but this is like, wow. Great story. Go listen to the podcast, too. Andrew does a good job explaining how they got the story, how many people they talked to, and really gives you a vibe of, like, people were just like, what the F is going on here? So if you're interested in that, definitely check it out. It's really, really good. Um, this is Joe talking about – let me get it Let me get it loaded up here um, – the two, the uh, the misses at the end of the game, and again, we've got um, our guys in the field delivering us sound on the fly here as uh, as the game love is that. ending. Love it, love it. Here's where else uh, you gonna the, get that, huh? 
Where else are you going to get it turned around that fast? Here's Joe on JB's misses. We just spoke outside, but Jalen is a guy who can kind of get down on himself, particularly after missing the free throws. Is that, do you have a conversation with him? I love you, Jalen. Anything more than that and anything going forward? I love you, Jalen, and I believe in you. I couldn't wait to see your face. Oh my God, dude. I love you, man. That's my I quarterback. I believe in you. That's my shooting guard. I believe. That's my quarterback. That's my shooting guard. I love, I love you, you man. I don't know, Come man. Come on, man. Give us something. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All sorts this is of what weird. it's gonna be. Hold on. I mean, honestly, that's that probably is what he said. I mean, what are you gonna say in the situation? The guy missed a couple free throws. It 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 just there's nothing you can do to nothing you can really say or nothing you can do to prevent that from happening. I mean I love you, man. <laughs> I love you, Jalen. I love you, Jalen. I believe in you. Stay golden, Jalen. <laughs> Stay golden. <laughs> oh crap! Where is pod, where is the pod? People are asking if you go to our Patriots Press Pass YouTube channel, you can watch it there. Obviously, it's also anywhere you can get your podcast: Spotify, Apple. The the podcast is called Pat's Interference. See what mm-hmm. we did there. Pat's yeah. interference, like Pat, um, with Andrew Pat's Callahan, but it is available on our uh, Patriots Press Pass YouTube channel, where you can watch it and see uh, him and Karen. He and Karen, who broke the story, talking about it. Uh, for those of you who are asking, yes, no, Pat sock, Marlon. I apologize. It was a promo. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that's fair. That's it's a big, it was a big story today. It's big, big story. It's Pat's or pizza later in the show. We'll get there. Uh, but for now, you're right. We'll focus mainly on. Uh, Mainly on Celtics. I need more Joe. Someone's got to send me more Joe. Yeah, can we get another? Can we get another clip? Somebody ask another question. Robert, send me more. <laughs> Keep at. Don't let that guy off the podium. Like the guy in the back who does the play it off music. <laughs> don't play him off the stage. Let him keep going. This stuff is gold. Oh um, man, I love you, Jim. I love yeah, you. Jim. He's a stone. Can you play it one more time? Uh, all right, I'll play one more time. We just spoke outside, but Jalen is a guy who can kind of <laughs> get down on himself, particularly stone, after missing the free throws. Is that, do you have a conversation with him? I love you, Jalen. <laughs> anything more than that and anything going forward? I love you, Jalen, and I believe in you. Abby gave it a shot. She did. I gave it a little follow. I, I don't even know if I would have had a follow up ready for that. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love you, Jimmy. Yeah. Man. Anytime Bobby does something, did you? Did, did you I believe talk, in you, Bobby. Did you talk to Bobby? I love you, Bobby. <laughs> Bobby totally screws up like a, an interview. 
I love you, Bobby. I love you, Bobby. I love you, man. <laughs> oh, man. I have a feeling Bobby just watched that. I have a feeling he probably didn't uh, get too involved in the in the questions of that that one. Uh, I used to pick and choose, too. After a loss, I might just be like, yeah, I'm going to sit this one out. I'm just going to sit this one out. It's a pretty weird one, man. It's a pretty weird one. All right, so I want to know what what like we're not in the killing people portion of the season. Sick. They still they still have the best record in basketball. It, but are you seeing those little cracks in the armor that worry you about stuff? And that's always what it comes down to. It's like, what do we look at, Jimmy? What does it mean? Okay, I'll tell you right now. And I, how, uh, how intensely are you following the chat? How intensely am I following the chat? Uh, I'm I'm following it as best I can. All right, I was just trying think- to match up the audio to your voice, and it's wasn't lining up perfectly. Who though. are the top three? Uh, people, and if if the if the uh, if the chat was slicing up blame pie tonight, not just blame pie, hate pie. Who's getting the biggest slices tonight? According to um, the chat, according to the fan base, according to Twitter, according to the you know test right now. Well, is Jalen one? Jalen is one. You know who another is? Rob Grant. No, Rob. Oh, Rob's I heard not somebody right. saying Rob wasn't right over and over and over. Rob's know. not right physically. You, he's, he can barely jump. Right I thought he now. played. I thought. I, I thought. But he, he still effective. played great. Yeah, I know. I know. That's why I was. Been, would have he's been still about. good. Based Grant, on I, honestly, I didn't say Grant because I, <laughs> I forgot about him. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly forgot about him. I, I really did. <laughs> so yeah, I guess that would make him one for sure. Did you say anything to Grant after the game? <laughs> I forgot about you, Grant. I forgot you, Grant. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about you, buddy. Um, I don't believe in you. <laughs> <laughs> totally forgot about you, man. Uh, um, we'll yeah, talk so a- Grant. We're going to talk a little Jalen. We're going to talk a little Grant. We're going to welcome Bobby Manning into the program in a little bit. Uh, we're going to do all of so. these things um, because we have a little ways to go. But first, we're going to tell you about Athletic Greens, baby. Athleticgreens.com slash garden. You go there, you get your stuff. Jimmy, you stack it. What? Beef organs, maybe? Is that what I hear? That's what I stack it. Um, That's what the kids AG1, stuck. wash it down. I wash the beef organs down with AG1 every morning. So today, I, I actually drank it at the gym today. No big deal. Um, vitamins, minerals, probiotics, prebiotics, biotics, adaptogens. People look that up. They don't even know what that means. But I'll tell you what. The good thing about Athletic Greens is it's your one-stop shop. You don't have to go, you don't have to go vitamin shopping. Yep. Okay. And you might say, oh, it's it costs this much and I can only spend this much. Well, honestly, how much is your health worth? Is it is it is it worth enough to spend a couple extra bucks and not have to worry about whether or not you're getting the right vitamins and nutrients every day? Because I think you're worth that. How about that? So for me it's an easy decision. Um, I know it's not might not be super easy for everybody else, but you can use our um, athleticgreens.com slash garden. You get the one-year supply. You don't have to subscribe to this. You can do a one-time purchase, test it out, see how you like it, see how your body uh, adapts to it and some of the changes that you'll find. I'm also stacking it, John, with an ice-cold shower every morning. I'll let That's everybody know that That's a good point, by too. the way. You're not committing to like a lifetime supply. You get it, you test it for a month or so, you see how you feel. Ultimately, it comes down to what's going to be about three bucks a day, which again, if you're trying to piece this together with a bunch of different supplements, shakes, 
powders yeah. and blah, blah, blah. You're going to be way, way over that money-wise. So as Jimmy said, go check it out, AG1. If you sub- if you do just that first initial offer and you do it by going to athleticgreens.com slash garden, you get that gift on the screen, the one of your supply, vitamin D and the travel packs, and you get a phenomenal T-shirt because that's how we do it. Um, here yeah, on you know the what? Report. It's 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 budget season still. If you can budget, let's say you put a hundred dollars a month towards your health. Okay, see if AG one fits into that, and see how it feels. And if you like it, which I think you will, it'll be something that you'll want to incorporate. And you know what it is? It's also a good habit. Create some healthy habits. Get yourself into into a good routine. You'll start feeling a little better about yourself, and then that might lead to the next thing. All of a sudden, you'll be taking ice cold showers, just like I am. You'll be feeling energized in the morning you'll hit the gym you'll have all this free time to do other things uh, in the evening if you can get up a little bit earlier and um take it from there it all starts with one step so make ag1 your first step i like i love that. you i love you ag1 i love you ag1 i love you i, I believe in you ag1 <laughs> that's all i gotta say that's all i gotta say to you that's, AG1. All, I, that's all i said that's all i said it's and you get a free awesome. Garden Report T-shirt. Yeah, we do. Phenomenal. That's all we have to tell you. Anyway, um, I love you, AG One. Um, but please support our sponsors. Honestly, you guys have been phenomenal. No joke. Um, it's why they're still with us. For real, it's why they're with us. We appreciate it like crazy. Those of you who did, um, thank you. Uh, and those of you who haven't tried it, check it out. As Jimmy said, it might be right for you. Could never hurt. Give it a little test. See what you get. A lot of smart people take it. Smarter people than us. That is true. And that that's another reason why I take it. Because I want to um, so, be smart by association. So you tell me. A lot of people. The, Bobby said it in our chat. I, I've been saying it recently. I don't. I think he's about 50% physicality. Maybe 50% condition right now. You're not seeing the full Rob. He's not at all the guy he was last year. He's still incredibly effective. Just simply by being wily still being able to get off the ground quick, having mm-hmm. instincts, being a, being a good passer, being alert, being aware. He does a lot of good things out there, and he still kind of is off. I mean, he's not getting off the ground. He's not. I mean, even on his alleys, he's grabbing them and laying them in. He had one time where he could have gone up for what should have been a ridiculous slam. He got out jumped by that other dude, uh, Sims a ton, but that's mm-hmm. not that's right. not that's nothing to be that's ashamed of. behavior. No, that guy has, I think he was like the third highest leap in the Combine's history. Um, he's a Didn't abs- he block Rob? Was that him? Jericho Sims has a 45-inch vertical, uh, and he's 6'10", and he's one of the best leapers in the world. So, I mean, yeah. that's not a shame. But, I mean, I mean, you can see Rob doesn't have that get-up right now at all, and he was still pretty effective, but he's not even close right now. So you do wonder is how much of this is still conditioning, where he's trying to get his way back and how much of it is that knee's not even close to hundred percent may never be there again. Uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, Cause yeah. I, I, I think even a couple of weeks ago, you could see a little bit more jump and spryness to his game. It looks like he's either conserving energy like crazy because you know, you know, like put it this way, Jimmy, if you know, you're going out and running three miles, you can kind of go at a good pace and be like, I oh, just, I'm running only three miles. But if okay. you got to, gear up for five miles, eight miles, a uh, uh, half marathon, you're going to start slow and you're going to stay slow because the goal is to survive it. I wonder now that he knows he's starting and he's playing 30 minutes that he is pacing himself. That would be one possibility. The other is something's not right. I don't know. 
I don't have a damn clue because some some nights he does look very active out there and he's jumping around and he's <laughs> um, you know deflecting balls. He's getting got opponents out of position. He's drawing fouls. He's throwing down alley oops. I mean, we saw we we saw it against the Heat. And we I saw said, it. and I did say it last year. This commenter is right, but he wasn't right last year, and then he got right. So I'm hoping that's the same. And then thing he got this hurt. Year. Yeah, <laughs> right. So. I don't know where he's at either. I think the one thing we, I think we all know about Rob is that he takes his time. I mean, he is the time Lord. So I don't know if he's just going at his own pace, easing back into things and not trying to overdo it. He's probably being told all those things too. And sure. It is the regular season. You obviously want him to be healthy and spry for the playoff run. But John, I mean, I'm just as clueless as you are as anybody else is on what that knee looks like underneath, underneath there. You know, I don't know what we're working with. Hamburger. I don't know if he, yeah, ground beef. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I mean, I don't know if he's feeling knee pain. I'm not in the locker room, so I don't know. Is he icing that thing after every game? Is he sitting in? You know, got the leg in the bucket, or he's got the ice packs on it. I, I imagine he's doing everything he can to get out there and play. I don't think he's playing through serious pain or he wouldn't be playing. So I don't know what it is, I, but it is disheartening a bit because we, we have, it's like, you know what he's capable of, you know, like the Rob stonk here, you know, when, when, I, when he was just like jumping, jumping through the roof and he was taking, you know, guys were like, people watching were like, who the hell is this guy? Like we right. heard things about, it. we didn't know he was capable of this. And, and um, yeah, and, you know, it feels like he's not on the same page as Tatum uh, as they typically are. You know, and I know they haven't really played a ton together, but Tatum said over and over how much he loves playing with this guy. And I'm just hoping pass him the that, freaking ball every once in a while. Well, that's the other thing is like they don't they don't go through him <laughs> at all, like at all. He's not part of the offense. He's just not. His job is to just extend plays basically off misses. And the Celtics had a bunch of second chance points tonight. I'm sure he was a part of a good amount of those just being in there, but they don't incorporate him in the offense. You're talking about a guy who has obvious above the rim ability to score. And, um, you know, he can cover ground quickly, but they just don't use him. And I don't know if that's just because it's all about, you know, the three point shot now with this team. And it's all about maximizing those. I mean, the, you're more likely to see Grant Williams take 12 three-pointers than you are to see Rob Williams take eight field goals. It sucks, but that's just the way the NBA is, I guess, right now. So they're almost not utilizing him to his capabilities. Yeah. Um, you are not, and it is uh, disappointing, but also, again, I just don't think he's entirely right. Um, so I don't know what's going on there um, with him. Uh, Jalen Brown hasn't been exactly right um, since uh, coming back from uh, from his uh, little groin situation, which wasn't a huge deal. Didn't keep him out a really long time, um, but uh, he's been off a little bit. Uh, hold on one second. I'm looking for something. I know you're looking for something. I can tell. Uh, I was sorry. Um, well, I'm going to get Bobby on here, too, I think. Uh, we're going to get Bobby on here too. Um, and bring in Bobby Manning. What's up, Bobby? Oh, hell yeah. What's up, Bobby? Oh, headband, Bobby. I like it. 
Bobby oh, Beige. No. Bobby Brown. <laughs> yeah, that is my color. What's Gucci? <clears throat> Not a ton of dead, dead locker. Did you get night. did you get scolded by Joe too, or was that just everybody else? Not scolded, <laughs> but did you get the cold shoulder? No, I I, I like Joe's game tonight. I did. I, it was actually yeah, my I, favorite part. We, we liked the last five minutes of Joe's game tonight. So what do you guys have a problem with otherwise? <laughs> nothing, nothing. I don't know that there was that much going on in terms of how he coached until they started trapping and um, right. and and forcing the Knicks kind of hurrying up their offense in those last five, six minutes when they stormed back. I don't know what he did prior to that. I think most of the most of the most of the most Oh John did Joe just like uh, John just like out. John you, just free, you just spazzed. Yeah. My back? Yep, you're back. How much is on the players? How much is Joe not calling plays? But I mean, you had a ton of ugly ISO stuff. Um, you know, not a lot of connectivity. Spacing, we didn't have spacing, we didn't have spacing. But like, I don't know what Joe did to affect the game in the early part. You didn't like his rotations early, Bobby. Um, but yeah, then, I mean, that's just how the bench is playing. Though. So I'm going to point toward the players on the on this night. But they the bench playing. was pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, b- bad reads. Bench struggled against the Knicks energy. Looked less athletic, less dynamic. Got run up and down the floor. Uh, so I think that there's not much Joe could have done there, but late going to double big, I love the defense, seven straight stops, including a couple of turnovers mixed in there. So I think over like nine possessions, they got nine stops in a row. They turned that into offense pretty well. They took advantage of a good prevent Knicks defense. It's just sinks to lose on free throws uh, the way they did. And we've seen this from Jalen before. Obviously, it's not all on him. We'll go back and pick apart different pieces of the game that cost them. Uh, but I thought they were in a really good position there to go ahead, get one more stop, and steal this game in overtime with a great comeback win against it. What's a pretty gritty team, a really hard team to stop defensively, too, with that two-man game they were playing. But they're in a well. You can tell. What I liked about Joe's game is he was really energized along the sideline, getting into guys, calling out Grant for that travel, just digging into them in the huddles. I'm sure you guys saw Mike Dub kind of talking about the defense, connecting and different things on that end of the floor. I thought he made about as good of an effort as he could to wake this team up because they were pretty dead, lethargic, and uh, complacent for a lot of this game. Too much ISO, too much slow play, and then the slow play ended up killing them again. The slow play kills you in OT, Bobby. I went on a massive rant. It's just you walk it up with Tatum, eight seconds go off the clock, he dribbles, the double team comes, he passes it, you got 10 seconds on the clock, he gets it back with six or seven, and you force a shot. Like it's a it's a mad scramble after that. When you slow, when you slow walk it up the court, it takes you forever to get into stuff. Keep the pace going. Um another person who's been a massive target tonight, obviously Jalen Brown, um, had a rough night and then um, you know, was I mean, I thought he was—he was awful all game. His shots were all forced. A um, lot of my, lot of, lot of me, 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 ISO stuff. And again, when that stuff's going, you're like, look at Jalen Brown cooking. When it's not, it's like these are a series of really awful shots. And tonight, it was just some, some bad shots. Couldn't hit anything from three. Uh, was you know kind of forcing that you know the, that pull up jumper with people in his face. Nothing going down, but. He acquits himself well with a much-needed bucket that gives him a lead there late in uh, overtime after he hadn't really touched the ball in OT at all. And then he gets to the line for what should have been two free throws to take the lead, and he smokes them both. Uh, didn't even come close. We heard Joe Mazzula uh, talking about uh, Jalen Brown's missed free throws, and that was pretty emotional. Um, let's hear Jalen Brown talk about it as well. 
What's, what are your emotions going through that and, and after that? Uh, just got to be better, uh, to be honest. Tonight was just a rough game, you know, and I'm a better basketball player than I played today. And those two missed free throws kind of embodied, like, the whole game, you know, for me. Didn't really get it going. Didn't give my team enough energy to win. And, and that's what happens when you don't come out and uh, give your best. Um, and I'll be better. Uh, like Self-accountability, John. Love the accountability. Good answer. He wasn't great tonight. Um, has to be better. Um, but what's happening here uh, with the Tatum and Brown stuff? Um, are we seeing a bit of a kind of a return to – Hey, who's, who's missing oper- right now? The old operating dynamic of oh, just- Bobby's saying it's because Marcus isn't in the game. Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, I don't disagree. I think the Marcus stuff is always underrated until he's gone. You know, mm-hmm. you, you really. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, who's yeah. who's running the offense? They don't have a true point guard, really. Yeah, and one of the things Joe talked about with me post game is the decision making around the rim, and a lot of the times that is Jalen there. Is he putting the ball up? Is he making the right reads out of that spot, especially when they get him going downhill? Tatum's turnovers. Uh, Joe Torn pointed to turnovers as a significant reason they lost. He liked the defense. He, he did not like the offense. And, in fact, we've always heard Joe talk up these efforts. He said that they didn't play good tonight. And a lot of that came down to turnovers, bad reads around the rim. He's starting to see that slip in recent weeks. And this is why the Magic and Heat game concerned me, John, even though guys were out. I didn't like the style they played with. I didn't like the way Brown and Tatum played in those games. Right. And I think they are slipping back into some of the easy ways to play for them, going head on and uh, trying to do so much by themselves instead of con- Hate it. continuing to press these uh, you know, multiple layers of uh, offense. How much did Horford and Rob play a role in facilitating offense? And I thought they just did nothing in terms of having the ball in their hands and being able to create for other guys, getting Brown and Tatum off the ball. No, I mean, like, what they is, didn't trust those guys at all. Never. They never do. It's just, it doesn't, again, it's so weird. You get into these habits of like, you know, I don't know what, what it is. I, I've always said, I don't think either of these guys is about stats per se. I just think both of these guys, when things are tough, they always think that, well, it's on me. I'm a leader. I'm a scorer. I got to do it. And then they just try to do it by themselves. And this then just what's forget. natural to them. And it's what's natural. And that's the thing they keep. It's, it's really hard to not go back to it because that's their basketball identity. Jalen Brown's basketball identity is I'm really, really, really good at scoring. I can get by people. I can get to the rim. I can play through contact. I can rise up and shoot over them. So I just got to get the ball and just do that. But you can't do that without just being all about you. And Jason mm-hmm. Tatum is watch me dribble and pull up and sidestep and get to the lane and blah, blah, blah. But it's about him. There's not a lot of there's not a lot about their games that they do off the ball. You know, neither one of these guys is Steph Curry running around 40 screens trying to get open to catch and shoot. It's just not what they do. But we've seen clear evidence that. They work better and the entire offense works better when they're moving the ball and moving without the basketball. They just fall out of it. And I don't know how I don't know how they can go games and stretches of games uh, this way without. And again, this is where it comes kind of comes to Joe like, hey, guys, let's do the other thing. You know, let's let's do that. 
I don't know how much of that falls on Missoula or not, or how much is just beyond his control. And it's just, well, there they did it again. And you've heard him say, like, get into multiple. You're out. You're out. You're out. <laughs> we lost you. Yeah, we lost now? you. You're okay. It's just blinking out here. Uh, Joe's saying, like, get into multiple actions. Don't just do one thing. You know, you just don't see them do it uh, enough. I thought for the first time tonight, Joe, like, really all season, Joe was was kind of down on what they're doing right now. Uh, like, it, it, they've stressed things throughout the year, habits, and they, they're almost seemingly slipping on them just because guys are missing or they, they went on that nine-game win streak and they're just sort of re- resting on the laurels. Like, they, they know what they need to do. And it's the inconsistency is what's maddening right now. We talked about on spaces last night, the stats, John, since November. They're not a good offense. And this is a significant sample size we're looking now at. Now you're December, talking about nearly, two, all nearly two months. Yeah. More and their of the bottom season half has been a, has been a more, Most of the season they've spent as a bottom 10 offense. And then they spent – uh, five weeks as a historically good offense, but actually the sample size of really bad offensive play is much larger. Yeah, and they're looking for threes to bail them out. They they ride to that hot start off hot shooting. They go up to 15, and then they blow it immediately by just running bad offense and slipping up defensively too. I wasn't as high on the defense tonight for the first three quarters as, as Joe was. I thought they really got cut up by Randall and Brunson. In that two-man game, bad rebounding at certain points in the second half too cost them. Uh, and then they go to that double big lineup late, which looks great right now. So that's sort of the only positive you take out of this one. But I I don't even know what to say about this offense right now. We talked about the regressing threes, that impact. Uh, we've talked about how important Smart is out there. And when he leaves, it's great to get involved in that playmaking role against Miami. Brown returns, and he's just not able to supplement the playmaking that they lost with Smart being out. And then Tatum, the turnovers creeping up over the last couple of weeks here is a killer because I thought he was so good at controlling the ball early in the year, at least in his off-ball role. So you worry well, about like, him in the playoffs having more ball time. He's got the record for turnovers in a postseason. Like, is he ready for another, more ball time in the playoffs? That's another Marcus Smart offshoot, though. Yeah. Yeah. The, but, you know, less, he could be missing the in the less playoffs. Market- the less Marcus Smart, the more you run the offense through Tatum and, and sometimes Brown, the more those guys are forced to make plays because they are trying to initiate the offense and they try to get things going and get things going to the basket. The more they get jammed up with a bunch of bodies around them um, and uh, the more they force weird passes to you know places that they can't really go. Um, and so that's I think why you're seeing that uptick in turnovers Tatum's just being kind of put back into that playmaker role and Bobby we talked about this last year just not loving him as like the point forward in the offense running through Tatum at least in the early part of the and year how about him in crunch time oh my just leaning jump shots again we've talked about this too settling 20 when they have 22 ish seconds on the clock for the last shot of regulation they drain it all oh and then he just launches one. Rob doesn't have enough time to put it back. Rob's got the offensive rebound, but there's no time. I, I like that shot. He he sh- he shook the defender and got a pretty damn clean look. And he, he got, got a good going look, the but they had no time for the putback. Yeah, but I mean, and I know he got blocked, but there was a second and a half yeah, like more clock than there was shot clock. So in I, I fact, know it's you really conventional. Need, you did need to I, take that down. I know some of the things they did late were good conventional thinking, even in overtime, holding the ball with the lead. But they, I, this team just never can't worked. slow down. This team, it's yeah, a like it never defense. works. It doesn't work. 
Yeah, it never works for them. And they really let it go in overtime. You know, they took a, what, five-point lead early, a couple minutes yeah. in, forced a couple five stops. Five-point lead in the first 90 seconds, didn't score for the next three minutes. Brutal. They had this one, even at the free throw line late, which we can keep harping on. There's a million things to really be frustrated with out of this one. And this is one of many teams you could see in a playoff series. And it looks like they're able to make it tough for you out there with their defense and with uh, with that offense around Randall. Randall, man, those dunks crashing down on Horford and Tatum. The, the, is, the one on is, Tatum, too. See, which should have been with his right, but somehow he cups it and just stuffs it in his face with the left hand. It was savage. Yeah, he doesn't get enough love, does he, for the year he's having? I think we talked Not about from that you, on no. Spaces. Yeah. Last show, yeah. <laughs> Not from you, sir. Um, I don't know, Jimmy. Where are you at on this one? On this game? Well, this is why I was so. This is Me and you. Have... We didn't like the Florida trip at all. Exactly. This is this is why I said you have to be a little bit more concerned and upset about games like that because they kind of set things in motion one way or the other. So are you going to create good habits or are you going to create bad habits? I hated the way, obviously I hated the way things ended up in Miami. I mean, that was pathetic. I don't care who was out there in the court. Um, but tonight was different because it was like a totally opposite fourth quarter performance from them. They made the comeback. They put the clamps on the opponent and prevented them from scoring. What was it like 20 something, uh five run or, or something along those lines, like from the halfway through the f- fourth quarter or when they were down 10 points, I think um, they come all the way back in the fourth. And I, I'm, I was happy with that performance, but you guys are right. They start playing the clock, right? And they stop playing the opponent. They start thinking about, dribbling the clock down and stop moving the ball around. And I I was, again, I was fine with the shot Tatum took because I thought he got a clean look at at the end of the fourth quarter there. It rimmed out. So it is what it is. How how Um, they tie the game, Jimmy, they're flying up the floor. And who missed the three pointer? I think Brogdon found somebody for a wide open three. Maybe it was Al and he missed it. Um, I think that was in the fourth quarter too. So there are a couple opportunities they had. The Knicks went completely cold. But, yeah, in overtime, um, I think they just ran out of gas. I think they stopped doing what got them there. Joe called a couple of timeouts, credit to him. Um, but whatever he said, um, you know, clearly didn't quite get through. I know that they did. What's up, John? Nothing. I was I was going to I was gonna ask Bobby a question, but finish what you're saying. No, I mean, I don't have anything that more groundbreaking to say. I'd rather hear from Bobby anyway. So. The, uh, Bobby, because – we were talking about right when Bobby jumped on the Rob Williams stuff and how he looks and Bobby has the benefit of being there kind of seeing it kind of up close and personal. So I want to talk about, um, both Williams's, uh, Rob, um, who, uh, I know Bobby, we know it was you. I know it was you, Bobby. I love you broke you, my heart. I believe in you, Bobby. You broke my heart. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about both the Williams boys. Once that message comes off the screen, Okay. And once I put this up here, because we're going to tell you quickly about another one of our sponsors, Rocket Money, you got to check them out if you want to save yourself subscriptions. I, I'm not, we're not saying the company. We're not going to say the company. But right now, both Jim, Joe Sway just got hit with a hundred friggin' bucks. Okay. Because oh. he didn't sign up with Rocket Money. I did. And I didn't get hit with it because we had subscribed to the same thing. And we're not going to say what it is. 
A hundred bucks, one shot, gone, poof, Down sorry. Someone could have told you about that, and that someone is Rocket Money. They find your subscriptions, all your active subscriptions, remind you of them, gives you an opportunity to decide whether or not, and the annuals are the ones that are going to get you, boy, because you can look in your bank you don't statement think about them. and see, and you don't think about it, and then freaking, oops, I signed up for Masterclass, 250 bang, right in the face, what? and that just gets you. I'm not saying that can happen. Yeah. So... Check this out. That's the killer. The you know, you know who got me? You know who got me? BSJ got me. Oh, they did? Uh, they, they got me. Which, I, I mean, I got to support BSJ, so I'm, I'm okay with it. But Yeah, they're paying if some I, If I wasn't, come on, if it was like, oh, uh, no, I'm cool with it. I, I, I wasn't going to make a deal. If it was like um, athletic, though, I'd have been pissed. <laughs> Yeah. So go to rocketmoney.com slash garden. You save hundreds canceling unnecessary subscriptions. Joe Sway did not. Jimmy will because now it's a cautionary tale and he's realized, yes, I got to get this. I I do not trust myself. I am a subscription addict. I think I have probably thousands of dollars out there. So I've cut a lot of them. I'm like that crazy person clipping coupons, you know, like I'm. I'm insane. John will save four dollars by subscribing to the like monthly subscription. Oh my god, <laughs> so many things. Those free um, trials, yeah. Well, I, I legit it, not knowing is the key. On one oh. of my text threads with yeah. a couple of my like pretty like well read like you know you know professional friends who like you know have Smart the, friends. the you know, on professional the, friends, man. The Atlantic Wapo, you know, like things that you would expect, like blah blah blah. Look, intellectual. And I'm like, sounds like a whiff group chat, to be honest. But I'm like, here's, I was like, I was like, That's I not the Garden Report all. group chat. <laughs> I was like, all. does anybody want to split these with me? And Jimmy we were kind of trading chat. off how many we have. And I listed how many things I could remember. And they're like, dude, you got a problem. So, yeah. yes, I, I do. If you have a problem like me, check out Rocket Money. You'll at least get rid of some of that unnecessary stuff. You'll also get a Garden Report t shirt. So, check that out. Yeah. Um, so, Bobby, I did want to talk about, let's start with Rob. Um, it's hard to argue that he was extremely effective and useful and one of their better players. Um, and they were much better on the floor with him than they were off. He's a plus 21. Um, you know, stuff happened when he was out there. But also at the same time, he just doesn't look he doesn't look right. Um, and you said it in our group chat. People are saying it here in the People show. People are chat. talking. People are talking. That's what it looks like to me. He doesn't, and I said it a couple of games ago, maybe last game. He's not the same guy. I said it on on spaces last night. He's not nearly as explosive as we've seen him at like kind of the height of his powers. Yeah, and the numbers probably still add up in terms of shot percentage against him being below forty percent. He's held that for much of this year. So when he does contest shots individually, he does a good job. It's about getting there though and being in that position. And I didn't feel like until late. He was in those positions to help on Randall and Brunson around the rim or uh, coming weak side on mismatches, especially when they had the bench units out there with Pritchard and Hauser and guys like that, that those guys could isolate. But it got better, right? Almost right after I, I sent that text. He, he had given up a couple of rebounds to Hartenstein as the Knicks really ramped up their offensive rebounding pressure. I thought he had a tough time defending the defensive glass. Uh, but late, he really turned it up and – he was a big part of that double big effort down the stretch that uh, tied this game. I love the interception that turned into a grant three at half court. Uh, I love some of the help plays he made down the stretch of the game. Some of the trap in the corner. I think he was right there on that Randall turnover. So he, he got better and more active as the game went on. And I'm thrilled that Missoula went, put him out there. I was actually stunned Missoula put him out there for that last charge and ended up being the most decisive uh, 
decision of the game on either end, coaching wise. I thought it's a big reason I love Joe's game. But in terms of what he looks like, John, you're you're right. It's there's just not sort of that flash and explosion that you saw a year ago, and I think it limited him in a couple of circumstances, offensive rebounding, uh, getting free down the lane. He's picking stick on him. He's either picking his spots because he's conserving himself for the 30 minutes that he knows he's going to play now that he's back in the starting lineup, or physically he's not right. Yeah, and he'll say he feels good, but we we talked about on spaces too. Uh, He'll have good days and bad days. And physically, I thought he really gutted through one of his less athletic days and still had a good game, which is, which is, so like, again, you said it, John. He's one of the bigger positives out of this, out of this one. Bobby, you don't score the Knicks by 21 out there. Why, how, not why, how can they get him more involved in the offense or why aren't they getting him more involved in the offense? It, it goes back to what we've talked about with Brown and Tatum. I think when they have the ball, they don't put him in positions to touch the ball unless it's a lob. Uh, Brown's obviously missing a ton of reads out there. We, we kind of know that he's not the best playmaker this season. And then Tatum, I feel like more often than not, is utilizing him to set up mismatches and just attack those. So it goes back to some of the stagnancy of the offense, whether it's Brown going to shoot rather than going to pass or Tatum lining up mismatches, which I think is one, what's caused him to be more stagnant in recent weeks. You just see him going at these small guards again and again, trying to line these up. How many times have the Celtics commit offensive fouls to trying to line up mismatches? Horford had a big one in crunch time as they try to go at Randall um, after he picked up the fifth foul there. So these, these guys, just they're not focusing enough on movement and activity right now. This is Brown and Tatum. No doubt. All you have to do is put the ball in Rob's hands in the high post. He's just going to make something happen. You don't really have to do anything too complicated. And that goes back to what Joe said post game. If they're getting bored with anything right now, it's making simple plays that they need to do in order to be functional on offense. And how simple is, is throwing the ball to Rob in the high post? It, it's, it's, it's as simple as it gets. They really don't have to run anything profound in those spots. And, yeah, and we know how they're going to run their offense. It's player-led. Joe's not super involved. And these guys have they, – they know what they need to do. I'll say this. Can we just once – can Rob once, when he is given the ball at the top of the key, at least get into triple th- threat position a single time? Just one time? Like when he does catch the ball at the top of the key, he's literally got his back to the basket and he's just like, who do I give it back to? You know, it's yeah. like a, it's it's such an obvious his rental. Mind, his mind is not in attack mode. Just once. Just square up, man. It give, make, make people think you might take a free throw jumper. Imagine just- if he took a jump shot, Twitter would... Twitter would explode. Celtics Twitter would explode. You at least you have can probably count on them. one hand how many he's taken this year. But he doesn't even yeah. square ever to the basket with the idea of what if you got some big, staky, goofy big on you? You think he can't take one dribble down the lane and get up and over that yeah. guy? He does he it around like the basket by sometimes. He can do it around the basket. I'm so perplexed. Like, catch it, turn square, and at least make them think you might actually be thinking of attacking the basket in some way. But even when he does come and catch it, he just he's back. He's not even looking. It's hot potato. He gets rid of it immediately. Uh, it's it, it really is. I don't think he's helping himself. I think they're like, I could give it to him, but what's he gonna do? You know, he really does have to look. All he's doing is giving it back to the perimeter when he's getting it at the top of the key. He's not standing around 
looking to do something, looking for cutters. You know, he's just he's he's not doing anything with it. And he's he's one of many guys among the role players playing indecisive right now. I wrote about Grant the other day. You saw it again how they take him out of the corners by closing out. He's hard. a mess right now. Yeah, you, you see White, the way he plays. I thought he could have been much more aggressive this game, attacking Brunson and trying to inflict some foul trouble on him. He got an early one on him, and then you didn't see White driving or calling for the ball much of the rest of the uh, rest of the game. So a lot of these guys can just end up standing around out there and grow uninvolved because they're following the Jays' lead. And I thought this led to a disastrous bench effort in this game. And they put Brown out there with the bench. Did you notice that, John? It felt like Brown was leading the second unit more often in this one, probably because they needed Tatum to, to play with the starters more because Smart wasn't there. I don't. I, I really well, don't know I, why. At the, the beginning of the fourth quarter, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, it was in there. But I think that's part of their regular rotation. I know that. So yeah. you always get two stretches of Jalen with the bench. Late first or beginning of the fourth. Yeah, and so you got it there at the beginning of the fourth, and that's when the Knicks kind of got up to about 12. So that that got a little bit ugly. I found um, Nick's burner. I, I was literally just going to say, there's Nick's burner. <laughs> it's so funny you pulled that message. This is so obviously Nick's burner. <laughs> yeah, Nick. Nick, come out. Come out, come out wherever you come are. Come on, Nick. We got you. Yeah, yeah, we got you, buddy. Yeah. Anyone who brings up bird. <laughs> Uh, so obviously team, Nick's burner. Somebody yeah, said this, this team worries me a little bit sometimes. Somebody that's the thing, the Bobby. Chat. That's what we said on spaces, right? Like that's what throws me. The reason I can't ever fully buy in is even when they're playing like world beaters and just stomping people, you can see the reverse. And the problem is we just see them too much. Every team does it, but I, you can see them go bad so fast and it's so ugly. And you're like, what are they doing? Have they ever played basketball before? You know, you see, and it's all, you know, what's weird. It's almost like an addict is like, can hold on for so long, but like, you know, that pull is so strong and you could go back. So, and like going back to the worst habits that you have. No, but you know what I mean? It's like, they want chocoholic, let's say. Chocolate. <laughs> How about somebody who loses a ton of weight? Doesn't matter. Whatever sure. it is, like yo-yo. It's right. The food's right there. You know, the Celtics can yo-yo so easily, and Let's it's just like, like oh, I want it. I want an ISO. Pies, I want that pizza. Example. You know, <laughs> Brant wants that pizza. You know that. <laughs> Should we go to hey, Grant? Somebody... Hold on, so, real quick before we go to Grant. Yeah. Somebody in the chat said something along the lines of Robert Williams needs to be more like. Bam out of bio. Is that possible? Like, can we ever see Rob Williams put up 30 and 15? Not at this so. point. Oh, Bam's I, think, I, think the, I think the ship sailed. No, but Bob's there was just... a time where I think we thought that Rob's offensive game would evolve to some extent. Now, obviously not to Bam's level. Bam's been but... pretty polished early. Rob is clearly just not gonna gonna do this basketball thing. He hasn't forever. really improved at yeah. all on offense. Right, this no. this might not be like might zero. not be long for this game. Yeah, I mean you you, you can you can argue he's gone backward this year. He just leans in the offensive rebounding. I think he's gone already. way backwards this year. I think he was better. I think uh, at this point, I, I think he was better the second not... half of two years ago than he is right now. Honestly, I mean, the only reason he's not getting as much criticism is because people just don't know if he's hurt or not. But at some point, it's like, all right, what what are they gonna what can they get from this guy on offense? He so keeps he plays back, alive. Uh-huh. He, he gets them, you know, second chance point opportunities, but like 
they're not even looking for him. They're not even like wanting him to shoot. Like, you know, when you're like playing a game and the big man gets a couple of shots, you kind of like, there you go. Like, I feel like they don't even want to see him take a field. Well, this, this goes back to the conversation we're having about Brown and Tatum right now. Part of their job is to get these guys going. And we talked about this a year ago when we were doubting this team's viability. Do they make teammates better? Did Dan Goodman get a comment about that at some point, John? Probably like last, yeah, sometime last back, season. Yeah. And everyone loses their minds when, when he says stuff like that. And it's like the most obviously true thing that like no Celtics fan wants to accept. Like, oh, of course, certainly Jalen Brown does not make teammates better. And again, this is all, my entire beef with him. It doesn't. I don't care that that's the case. I just care that people say otherwise. He doesn't. It's okay. He just doesn't. He's not a playmaker. He's got tunnel vision. He's just a great, great scorer. But it's very obvious that that's the case there. But when Tatum starts going in that direction too, Bobby, and he gets into that kind of ISO mode, it, you're right. It, it, it goes. It goes. It goes in that direction. Yeah. One one positive you can say though is is that they're playing at a high level defensively right now when they turn it up and when they have double big out there. I mean, the Knicks shut off when they went to that lineup. So. Want to see more of that. Want to see them continue to build their rotations around that group. And to, to the trade conversations we've had, having another high-level big to keep two bigs on the floor doesn't seem like a terrible idea right now. This team, John, we're going to get into it, but if they're going to win a championship, given some of their flaws offensively, and they've, they've made enormous strides to grow the offense, I don't think they get enough credit for what they're capable of on that end. Uh, after looking so bad even a year ago, they're going to have to do what they did at the end of this game to really shut down some games and, and win big games late this year. And I don't think it's any surprise that they've tried tried to shift their identity back in that direction once the shooting came back down to earth. I, they're as good as anybody on that end when they have everybody available. And it, it's got to be their identity. So... Like you're looking for defense at this deadline, I think. Like another great defensive, big, sizable piece. I'm never um, looking for defense. Who can, who, can, who can really just solidify them as that number one nah. defense? The problem is the problem is John. Even again, if you get the best shooter in the world, we're still going to talk about these problems. You need the best shooter in the world. You have you get um, the best shooter in the world. A lot of your problems are. Oh God. Well, let's. I mean. Hauser right now. You keep telling me Grant is the best looks. shooter in the world. It's too late. It's and, too and late Grant, for this, Bobby. And Grant, like these guys, you have the shooters, Brogdon. Like you have three of the best shooters you in the game. You call him Grant. You got to set the best shooter in the game. We'll do, Christian. So that's the problem: is you do have guys who can knock down some shots, and you got to set them up. So now we got to start talking about whose problem it is that we're not setting them up. He's on. The, they're on the screen. Doesn't. Doesn't everybody always say surround these guys with shooters and it'll be fine? Well, you're right, Bobby. Statistically, you have between Horford, Brogdon, Hauser, and even uh, – uh, who did we just leave out? Grant. And uh, Grant. Grant. You have four guys shooting over 40% from three-point You have a ton. Yeah, but they're not in the court, dude. They they're not they're not earning time on the court to even shoot. I'm talking about Grant and Pritchard. So right you now. might start looking at a bigger problem, which is if Man, you actually have guys, those guys who are, can't get on the court. What 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 we're saying is again, if you've got Brogdon shooting 45 percent from three, uh, Horford 
is down. Obviously, he was a ridiculous clip. 42. Grant is still 42. Hauser's down to 39. That is better. That is still better shooting. The problem is those Hauser's guys were all around 50 for half the season. And now they're shooting much closer to whatever. But you're right. You're right. Someone's got to – if that – if that's what you wanted, someone's got to get them the ball a little bit more in the right positions to take the. They shots. just have to stand in the three-point line. They're not shot creators. And then someone's got to get them the ball. Exactly, but they're not. They're but who not has the ball the most? Tatum and Brown. Tatum and Brown. So again, it kind of goes back to what Bobby said about you know maybe Marcus Smart m- missing is a big factor, and these guys not getting clean looks, not getting the right. Yeah, shots, you, you can imagine shots. him coming back. You can imagine him coming back in, in a week or two and the offense just taking off. That's happened so many times when he's gone out. And we, we've seen I can imagine also a world where everybody starts to feel the way I feel about Jalen Brown. I think it's I think we're not that far from it, honestly. <laughs> we're trying to speak it into existence. I just where don't he, think we're that far. I think people are going to see it. The, the more the expectations You think so, are John? Raised, people were clamoring him from, to be named a starter. And the I was just, Some people I was just are going to go that way. I was just going to go there, Jimmy, because you look at how the votes shook out there. Third in the player vote. All right. He fell just short. Uh, media voted him second. You know, media showed respect. Fans. The fans fell two million short. They weren't even close to getting him the fan points. Well, he, you know, he's where were the fans for Brown? I know, fans? but he's a polarizing player. Listen, we people think we hate Brown. The media gave him second. Where were the fans? Yeah. Ooh, Bobby calling out the Bobby calling out the chat tonight. Right. It's you Bobby, and you and Bobby you and you chat, and you fans. and you. Yeah. And Where you. are the fans who say we don't talk about Jalen? Well, maybe they don't vote for Jalen. How about that? Ninety-five for Mitchell, fifty-two for Brown. Brown won the media vote emphatically over Irving, Halliburton. There were really only two guys among the media for um, for the guard spots. It should have been Halliburton and um, and and Mitchell. Mitchell's yeah, Kyrie's unbelievable. I mean, the players really backed them too. Uh, players love Kyrie. They love Kyrie because because he's pretty. It's pre- They love the style. It's pretty man. Like he just does stuff that like people they marvel at him. They people love but that. Mitchell's skill set nasty that he has. though. Mitchell was a slam dunk. I mean, everyone thinks he should have been there, but of course, uh, the question was Brown, Halliburton. I mean, Kyrie obviously among fans. Harden, um, yeah, Harden, DeRozan. <laughs> the funny thing's Trey Young coming twelfth uh, in the playoff. <laughs> Doesn't that say something too? Yeah, <laughs> he's falling off, huh? Only thirteen players voted for Trey Young. Damn. Well, they probably didn't like all the drama that was maybe. I don't think they like the way he plays, all the foul baiting. I guess that goes for Harden, too, and he did much better. But um, I don't know. Something's missing with Young. And I guess it's good. The players uh, obviously have a pretty healthy respect for Brown, too. But the fans, man, fans didn't show up. I actually heard. I I don't know who it was, but I did hear a Celtics official in the hallway tonight. Um, complaining about the fan vote when it came to Brown. <laughs> well, there it is. Boo, boo friggin' who? Going well, back the to Celtics we marketing about, team needs to. Yeah. Get, Going get back that. to what we were talking about, the shooters. It is interesting, though, Bobby, because we're trying to figure out if it's real or not. And it, 
a lot of the you know you look at the because you look at the percentages and they look good, but you do have to factor in that it was unsustainably high for so long and it's come back down to earth. If those numbers all settle in at the end of the year at like 36, 37 percent for those guys, which means they keep dropping and dropping and dropping to regress to the mean, then they really are the same team that they've always been, which is you know okay right you know like you know teams want white to shoot doesn't matter if he's still if he's actually shooting in an okay clip recently um but i don't know i mean you still like do you have faith that if they just keep doing it and keep playing for the three and keep shooting 45 threes a game and have guys like hauser and those guys launching them that they'll be fine i think they have enough in terms of personnel for sure and you think Brown and Tatum are probably going to improve at some point too. I mean, their shooting this year is really strange, and that's probably something I'm going to uh, follow up on at practice tomorrow. Well, I mean, this is a year and a half of Jason Tatum shooting exactly like this from three, to tell you the yeah. truth. So, and it's the third straight year that his percentage has gone down. So, and Brown's it's not, had the slippage too since early in his career when he was great from three. Uh, well, Brown, Brown peaked that year, then he shot 40%. And then the last two years, he's dropped again. So Brown has also gone down three straight years. So, I mean, yeah, but it's, you know, you dropped from 39, he dropped four points. So again, you have to look at the 39%, the 40% season as being the outlier. He's a career 36%, somewhere around that range. He's shooting 33 this year. Shot looks flat, like flatter than ever. Uh, and it's hurting him on his free throws and his three-pointers. Yeah, and but it's working it's, on his mid range when he's. You know what's funny is you almost wonder whether the. I don't know. I, you know, I'm not going to pretend I'm getting into the mechanics of shooting. Is Jimmy frozen like that, or he's just no. been sideways for this long? <laughs> I was just he's frozen in real life. life. I was just looking at Twitter. I was reading Jeez, a quote Louise. from Jason. Tatum. He's been like that the whole. <laughs> he froze. Bobby, in real I life. wonder this. It just does it make sense that Jimmy load management night. Jalen Brown's yeah. best shot is that mid-range where he gets way up and he basically does line drive it at the rim. Um, that when he's shooting free throws and when he's shooting three-pointers, where obviously free throws, <laughs> he's not leaving the ground and three-pointers, he's not jumping nearly as high as he is on those mid-range, that the flatness of that shot that he's that he's drilling from mid-range is what's killing him from 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 uh from those two spots. It's a fair point. Yeah, that's another good question to ask um, uh, tomorrow if we end just up mechanically speaking, because it looks flatter than ever, and I wonder how much of that is just because that's how he's releasing it on those. Yeah, because he shouldn't be contested jumpers. Should, for Tatum, you're looking at the hand, obviously that he's hurt with, and then you look at the pressure that he probably draws on those shots. He probably gets more pressure than ever before. Early in his career, he was getting all those wide open catch and shoot threes. For Brown, yeah, you do have to look at something technical, I think, there. Um, and I could see that mid-ranger coming into play, how much he's worked on that and uh, leaned into that shot. And the other concern I have there, John, is he's shooting so good from that spot, he can only regress from mid-range. So, like, there's another yeah. there's another point that he could come back to earth from that would further um, regress his game offensively overall. So, he, only Durant was shooting better from mid-range, right, to start this year. And... I don't think he's Durant from mid-range. Maybe he's reached that level and he's just going to keep rolling there. But you can project a lot of this stuff coming back to her. And I don't think they're as bad as shooters as they've been. Like, they are bottom five, ten well, bo- three-point shooting since that uh, November so the, mark. The, the reality is this, and the numbers tell the story. Jason Tatum is a horrible pull-up shooter. 
but it's yeah. one of his favorite things to do. So it's just something that he's got to stop doing. Just numbers. He's one of the worst pull-up shooters in the NBA. It's, it's really not a good shot for him, but it's his favorite shot to take. And that's that, you know, last year before the first half of JT, you'd see a lot of that. He was taking it and he just wasn't making it, but that's his favorite thing to do. And it's to set guys up and to hit that and to shoot that pull-up. It's not his thing. It's not, it's not his bag. It's they're not. Twi- it's not my bag, tw- baby. They're 23rd in three-point shooting since November. The Lakers <laughs> are a little bit better over that stretch. Yeah. The Lakers are the worst shooting team probably of like the last 10 years. Hmm. Pretty bad. Well, historically, the first month or so, they were, the, they were the worst shooting team ever. Yeah, they were miles. They were like twenty three percent from three for the first like five six weeks of the season or something. It was unbelievable. Yeah, so there's some trends emerging. Yeah. Um, All star starter. Speaking of trends, LeBron's a freaking. I mean, my God, he's in his twentieth season and he's ahead of his career averages in everything. It, it, that's just not human. He's not a human. He's uh, like Brady. The other night was was. He's ridiculous, man. Speaking of uh, regressing. Um, Grant Williams, I'm not even giving him 10 million anymore, Bobby. Okay. Wow. I, I'm making He's him a qualifying by the game here. I'm making him a qualifying offer and calling it a day. He is not getting a $20 million offer sheet, my friend. He's not getting an $18 million offer sheet. I think we know sheet. he's. I think we know that he's not going to get 20. He's not getting a $16 million offer sheet. He's not yeah. getting the bag. That doesn't look good right now. Um, I did hear after that Ruiz trade went down that. Uh, Rui had passed up like 12, 13 million from the Wizards. So, you know, if, if Grant's better than him, they're both sort of shooting for that mid teens to high teens towards totally. 20 amount annually. So, Everybody wants that, right? If yeah. you're not a max guy and you're so just another guy, that's what you want that second contract to be, right? Hey, I, I said it, John. They made the right move not doing it and waiting because you had one year on the books. And I love Grant. You had one year. On the books of him being great, you had the second year where it was horrible. Remember, I said play him in that Brooklyn series, and you just like got off the show. That was where we were at with Grant <laughs> first round of the playoffs that year. And then rookie year, he was just kind of a grinder off the bench, just kind of like a defensive specialist. So, what is he between those three? I, I think he's still close, most close to the uh, closest to the um, last year production overall. Like, who is he? But he's got to find a way to shake this slump he's on right now. And so he's much. He's probably a twelve million dollar year player. Somebody would give him that. You'd be thrilled if you could keep him for that. I'd say again, years, like I said, I, I look at the Brandon, Cl- the brand, like I, 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 I use the Brandon Clark deal. He got fifty two for four. I thought that's Grant's range. Again, you can argue who's a better player. Do you think they're in different stratospheres of no, the NBA? No, that's they're, they're the same. This is the same kind of guy. Clark's a good rebounder. He can't shoot. Um, but Four he years, you 50 things. million for Grant. Four and 52 is what he got. That's the range. That's who he is. That's the guy he is. I, I think anything beyond that is insane. Yeah, I and in it. recent months, teams have reduced the amount of threes he's able to take. He's more like three yes. a game now. And that's uh, what he's – six th- off tonight, which is great. But yeah. Um, and then if your percentage is going to slip pushing past that like it does here – it's it's tough to justify a major major offer and that's why i like them not going for it you have a lot of money and tough decisions ahead to pay 
And the tough thing with him is we approach this deadline, and you've talked about it, John. I really – I'm not going there. You've gone there, and I'm so interested to see how it shakes out. If this front office doesn't like him, doesn't think that he's worth it, do they make that move right now and say, let's go get a P.J. Washington or let's go get another comparable guy that Here's we can a money we like yes. and can do similar things? Yeah. You can decide. I'm just going to ride it out with Grant, and if someone takes him, fine. And if not, I'll bring him back for cheap. I don't think enough year. people are talking about this, John, for sure. Yeah. And, and bring in my guy who I'm going to give the grant money to because you're right. That money goes away. You got to get somebody in here who you might consider giving that money to. And maybe that is who it's, if you don't like, if they don't like grant, bring in the guy who you would rather give money to than grant and pay that person. And again, we use the Fournier example and they ended up not paying him, but that's kind of where you're at. Bring in that guy and then pay that person that money. Yeah. If you're not going to do it to grant because you don't want him to walk for nothing. You don't want to have you don't want to not have anything else to replace him because if you, you can't just go nothing, out and you're spend. in a tough spot. Yeah, you're in a tough you spot. You can't replace him, and you you need him defensively. I think yeah. at yeah. least last year you did. I don't think you get through that Brooklyn series as easily without him, and you you certainly don't win the Milwaukee series without him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but that goes back to his role as a specialist, and there's certain matchups. I think there's a good point tonight too, right? Those big grinding teams that go at you head on. He's well-built for that. Horford's well-built at that. Philadelphia, you can throw them in the mix of teams with Milwaukee and Brooklyn. They're just going to attack you head-on. Uh, this Knicks team, a little bit of movement, a little bit of activity, and a ton of transition bothered the Celtics. And you saw yeah. it with Oklahoma City even, the athleticism and the burst and the uh, just sort of activity of those guys. Fast, fast, fast team. Yeah. Nick's bench plays just like that when you think about quickly, when you think about Obi Toppin. These guys can really bother Grant. They can really bother Al. They can really bother Rob, certainly. Yeah, look, like, if you play professional out. basketball and athletic people bother you, it, that's not great, right? Yeah, like, and it's, this is a match. It's like, if, if 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 your problem is athletic people, then then you've got a problem, you know, because yeah. it's a, it's a really athletic sport. Um, <laughs> what, do th- what do you think on Grant, Jimmy? What do you mean? What do I think? I mean, Jimmy hasn't been listening for thirty five minutes, and that's he's not just waiting us to end the show. Yeah, that's not true. I mean, I've already said everything I think about Grant. I think he is what he is. I, I, I'm. Well, what, what are you thinking about small. him going toward the trade deadline? You keep them. I'm a little hesitant. I'm, I'm he- no. I mean, I'm hesitant to do something like that only because I think this team. I think this team is constructed when healthy to win a championship. So I don't know if I want to do anything too crazy. Now that being said, it depends on who's available. I mean, I don't know who. I mean, Bobby, you'd probably have a better idea than I would. I mean, I know that they need wing depth. Uh, I know they need like a kind of another big, I guess. But Grant is a little bit of both of those things. So. Um, you know, you kind of have to just wait, I guess, if you think there's a better fit, then go for it. But I'm not high on Grant. I've, I've said that in past seasons. I just think he's a bit of a tweener. I don't really think he has a true position. I understand that he's really improved his three-point shot, but you just talked about how a lot of teams are kind of taking him out of that. He's not a guy that's going to create his own offense, certainly. He's not going to create shots for himself. He's a hustle guy. I'll give him that. But, um, I think he's a good, is really good. I think overall. he's a I think he's a good piece for a winning team, which is why I wouldn't want to just trade him for nothing. Um, but I know just what he is. Don't want to give him twenty million. I don't want to give him fifteen million. Exactly. So 
that's where I'm, that's where I kind of draw the line is like, if we're talking about re-signing this guy for an exorbitant amount of money, like I'm not interested in doing that. Okay, let's read this comment. Kess, I agree, Kess. Kess. We said, Kess, we it's said this. not serious podcast right now. What are we saying? We're not going to the finals now? Am I the only one with league pass? Every top-tier team is going through their version of this. We said this it. Year. We've watched Milwaukee each year. <clears throat> We've watched a lot of good teams play Golden a lot State, of bad basketball. Yeah. No one's mad about it. No one's saying that. We, we qualified that at the beginning of the show. We watched the Celtics a ton, so everything's under a microscope. And every team has gone through this. And we did say that at the beginning. This is the second one for the Celtics, possibly. Respectfully. But we did say that. We're also but, going off the fact that I think for the first time, they didn't do the, we're going to be fine tonight. Like I think they actually really hated this loss the problem is this good their first not, three game losing it's streak not year, not right? gonna be fine it's it's again no it's Damn, they played so ridiculously well for a stretch they've played pretty mediocre for a longer stretch and at some point you got to recognize that it's not a bad stretch that they just lost three games and we're losing our minds it really is like a month plus of like really inconsistent basketball and bad offense, like objectively bad offense and inconsistent defense for half the season. It's been inconsistent. And for the first part, it was off the charts better than we've ever seen and ever could have imagined. And that's greatly offset. If they only played pretty good in the first half, we'd be, there'd be a pretty frustrated fan base right now. I think we're, I think it's a little bit of fool's gold with what they did early on. I'm not saying they can't get back there, but they were at a level that was ridiculous, ridiculous that nobody saw coming with an interim coach and a bunch of guys just friggin' knocking down threes at a 50% clip and just, just stomping people. They've been mediocre or worse for a long stretch of time right now. Yeah, and that's why I want to see them lean back in the defense because we know that they can do that every night. That's why they won 22 with 25 last year uh, late down the stretch is they just killed everyone with their defense. And you saw it tonight late. The Knicks couldn't do anything once the Celtics put that double big lineup on the floor. So I'm glad that they're starting that again. Let's be real. They played one game with their starting lineup from last year as starters. So – once they get that back, I think the potential is still enormous. I think they're rightfully the favorite in the East. We lost you, Bobby. Did he just go away? We lost he's his just, audio. He's just a black screen? Oh, he's he muted. No, he's on. no, he's not a black screen. Go ahead, Bobby. Are you watching? You got me now? Yes, yeah, yeah. we do. It's like that for me. Their, their offense... Their offensive ceiling is still very high when they do all the things they need to do. Their defensive ceiling, when all their guys are available, equally high. That's why they're the championship favorite. I don't think anyone else has that kind of two-way ceiling. But they're inconsistent. They still have the highest ceiling, yes. They're inconsistent. And I think their record spells that out. Their offensive and defensive results over the last month or two spells that out. And... It's great that they have that nine-game win streak. I think that's probably about as, as good of a stretch as they played over uh, this recent Yeah, look, they stretch, sped but- out. And again, even with a nine-game winning streak, just from a record perspective, forget digging into the numbers because the numbers tell a worse tale. But they were, you know, 21-5 and five before the Golden State game. And since then, doing the math, what are they now, 35 wins? Yep. Yeah. They're 14-10. and 10. 
14 and 10 is slightly above average, gets you a six seed in the NBA winning percentage wise. Okay. Like what the Knicks have been. It's 26 games and 24 games. Half the season, they've been pretty okay. And that's factoring in a recent nine game winning streak. Just Mm -hmm. goes to show you again where they've been since the Golden State game, which we all kind of freaked out, me more so than most, freaked out a little bit about. To be fair, that does does go in, in line with injuries starting to pop up. Uh, so. Injury starting to pop up, but you also got Rob back. I think yeah. Brad's going to do something. I'm going to just put that out there. He's shown that they he needed, will. I think they need to do something. It doesn't have to be huge, but it does feel like they're missing a little something in their rotation right now. We've, we've I also think it. they need to go watch fil- film from those first uh, five games. <laughs> well, they practice tomorrow. And we'll be go there. get him, Bobby. All right, we're going to let Bobby go because he's got to practice tomorrow. And what else are we going to say about, about this? You really just want to see the next game. Um, Lakers and uh, and see how they do. So we appreciate you guys joining us. Uh, we got the Lakers on Saturday. Jimmy's got a gig, so he's going to promo it. Where are you going, Jimmy? Tomorrow? Wait, I wanted to talk Patriots. Oh, are we? I'm, I'm not. Can we do five minutes. That. I got a gig tomorrow at Hunters. And Jimmy Southie. John podcast. I'll see you guys. Bobby, Bobby's going to be there tomorrow, five to eight. Hunters and Southie. Um, I'm going to be playing with a buddy of mine. Going to be joining me actually. I actually got a brand new guitar today. That's not oh. coming out tomorrow. But I did get a brand new guitar. I kind of want. Nice. I will be there, Jimmy. I'm oh, I'm free tomorrow. Ooh, we. There you go. So if anyone wants to meet Bobby, he's gonna be at Hunters and Southie. Check out this guitar that I got today. Look at this sexy beast. That is sexy. Yeah. Look at this the is... flame. It's just. Yeah. Do the uh, do the Chris it. guest? Yeah. Absolutely shredded. Um, um, Patriots. Let's just talk brief. Bobby, you can go. I know you got things. I'm out of here. See you guys. <clears throat> All right, John. I want your. I want. I want to get your take on. We we did mention it off the t- uh, early in the show. We mentioned this Herald article, Andrew Callahan, Karen Garigian, the podcast version of the. Can you can you confirm? So the podcast version of this article is a it's a CLNS podcast. Is that correct? It's a CLNS podcast with Andrew Callahan. Yeah. Um, this is one of the best articles of the whole year. It's by far, I, I read it first thing in the morning, right when they tweeted it, texted Andrew. This is phenomenal. He said he was potting with Karen later in the day. We have, uh, came out around four o'clock, so it's been out for a few hours now. So check out oh, wow. the pod. So yeah. the podcast is fresh. Podcast I'm going to listen fresh. to it because I'm, I'm very, um, I always get, in, I'm intrigued by it. This is like good under the hood info that people have been clamoring for all year. What the hell is going on inside this, inside Gillette Stadium this year? That was the question that literally every single Patriots fan, pundit, wanted to know is, who's calling the shots in there? Is anybody calling the shots? Are Are the players running the show? Is there a disconnect between the coaches and the players? Do they have any respect for the coaches? We pretty much got all those answers confirmed that the players and the coaches had an extremely at an extreme disconnect, the players did not take the coaches seriously. And I'm talking about Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, who was significantly dragged in this article, Joe Judge. I don't even know how Joe Judge can return to the team after what I read. I mean, who, if you're a player, you want to, do you even want to look at this guy? I mean, it sounds like he came in with like trying to prove something and didn't have the clout to act the way he did. The players didn't grasp it. The players did not like 
sort of run with anything no, guys, that he Andrew was going. Andrew Callahan from the Herald, people are asking. Keep going, Jimmy. Sorry. You can stop me whenever if I'm off. I no, no, no. You're, you're doing the right thing. Yeah. But essentially, it comes down to kind of what we thought, that the Patriots offense was in shambles all year due to a coaching staff that was underprepared. And this was something that the players realized all the way in the beginning of training camp. I think I read that, um, what's his name? The center pretty, pretty much brought the team together and said, guys, we need to, we need to be better than this. We need to, you know, play harder. The, based on the way things are, we're not prepared for the season at all. Um, and what did I read that the, the playbook was like half of what Josh McDaniels came in prepared with for plays for this team that Patricia and judge came in with a playbook that was bare bones, yep. cut out half of their plays, play action was gone, scrapped. And the players are sitting there saying, what the hell are we going to do? We don't have enough plays yep. to run. We're going to get figured out too soon and we're not going to have any, anywhere to go with it. And that's kind of exactly what happened. Well, among the nuggets on the show was they installed um, this Shanahan sort of offense and neither one had any experience. Then there'd be times in player meetings where they'd be doing stuff and guys who had played on Shanahan offense teams mm -hmm. um, would say things like, well, what do we do if the defense does this? And they were like, we'll get to it when we we'll, get to it. Yeah, we'll cross you know, that bridge. Like, we'll that's what you say when you don't have a freaking When you clue. don't have an answer. I In my life, I've always thought this just in terms of like, you know, you work in you work places and everybody kind of acts like they know what they're doing. And I've always thought the true measure of somebody, whether or not they're actually worth a shit at their job, is when you go to them and you ask them uh, a question and if they know the answer or not. When they don't know the answer, you're like they're like, yeah, let me go find that out. You're, like, you're a fraud. You know, uh <laughs> You're a fraud. Well, you can't that's know everything. The worst thing you could do, do and like a, the worst thing you could do is is not be able to answer questions. Like I'll I'll have to look into that. If you have to look into it, you don't know what you're freaking doing. If you're a coach and a leader, and you have to look into stuff. Oh, let me go consult my coaching handbook. Like mm -hmm. you've lost all credibility. So they didn't have credibility to come in out of the gate. They dumped it all down, but the the most they dumped it down for themselves because they didn't know how to freaking coach the. Office. The most shocking thing they didn't know how to coach it, and when it was going wrong, and then they just they wouldn't fix it and they wouldn't adjust it. But the the most startling thing is just listening to Andrew and Karen talk about. They're like, we just started interviewing people because we're like, so what really happened? And they were like shocked how many people couldn't wait to talk tell, to talk to them, how much they were saying and how much everything that they were saying could be so easily corroborated by other people more than willing to confirm it. So you had a bunch of people in there who sat silent all year long and just took it. And inside yeah. they were raging. And like the best quote, all of it, one of the best quotes right up in the early, early in the article was, I love Bill, but he after us. us. Yeah. And like, per and that's, and honestly, so that's yeah. what it comes back to for me, Jimmy, number one, above all else, I tweeted this at the beginning of the year and people friggin' jumped down my throat, like lost their like minds. That happens a lot to you. It does. But it was like, <laughs> it was like everything happening right now is entirely Bill Belichick's fault. They're like, they haven't even played a game. Give it time. It's training camp. Defense is always ahead of offense. Every knucklehead who'd ever watched a snap of football could tell that this was an absolute clown show. 
clown show from the get-go. It was a clown show. And it was so bad that you could see how frustrated people were. And it was so – but the hubris of Belichick, who lost his whole staff, dealt with brain drain, and was like, screw it. I'm just going to put in my guys. And whatever happens, happens. Yep. And yeah, he's never coached before. But who cares? He can do it. And it caught up to no, him. It was even so, Belichick had no answers this year. It's Belichick's fault entirely. Everyone wants pelts. They want to pin take, pin Patricia and judge's scalps to the wall and dance around him. It's Belichick's fault because he put him there in positions they had zero chance of succeeding. Right. And that's what kills me is Belichick is back. And he's the guy that they trust. And he's the guy who's like, he's never, the power of Belichick is what, Jimmy? He always knows what to do. He's never led us astray. When he says, follow this, do this, do that, it always works. And so I just put my faith in him. And if I do that, I know that everything's going to be okay. How do you put your faith in Belichick again after this, after he just hung you out for an entire season right. with these guys leading the way and just made you embarrassed? Embarrass yourself for a full season. It's so bad. The credibility, the trust is so bad. Well, that, that's where I'm at now. It's like, is Belichick all there? Because how could he how could he have put the team in this position? You know, I mean, you have a second year quarterback. Hubris. Right, right, of course. But and and that's what you have what you're gonna have to be worried about now is, you know, is he officially too big for his britches and at the point where he's you know, getting up there in age and maybe he's a little too stubborn and isn't as quick with the adjustments or quick to know what's going on. He has to have strong coaching staff around him. And that's why I will say it is, it is a great, it is great that they were able to get Bill O'Brien back. I think that's the best case scenario for them because you'll be able to know after next season, if Mac Jones is worth being your quarterback or not. I think you truly will. Yeah. If he's if Mac Jones has what it takes to be not just a an NFL quarterback, but a, a winning quarterback that can take you places. Yeah. Worst case is that he's a top like 15 quarterback and you're stuck in mediocrity. But Bill O'Brien will coach this guy. If Mac Jones wants to be coached hard, Bill O'Brien will certainly coach him hard. He still sucks. I I'm, I'm just I'm not a Mac guy and I'm never I'm not either. Him. I'm not either, but this is but this is their only this is their only option, John. They're yeah. not going to go trade for Aaron Rodgers. They're not going to draft, uh, you know, a top quarterback right now. So, but th- I think by bringing in O'Brien, like this is them saying we're going to give this, they're going to give Mac a shot. Here's there's here's the a, outside chance that they go get Brady. I know that's what you think, but I've I don't been think there that. for a while. I've always thought it's possible. Here's a couple good quotes again from the article, and then again, I, I urge you to listen to the podcast because it is good because it really peels back the layers. Gonna, you know, I'm gonna listen to it. Uh, sure. I've never seen anything like it. One source said it was disheveled. Another source said they were always scrambling to get things done. It's always been about winning and doing what's best for the team. Another source said, I really believe Bill when he says that. I just think he really didn't understand how hard it was going to be. And then the other one, I love coach, but he effed us. Okay. And so that's multiple sources. And this is a bunch of people probably inside the locker room uh, talking about Patricia and Judge and the plays, the number of plays. A lot of guys were worried because we're in the middle of camp. We're wondering, (laughs) what's the plan for our offense? We hadn't put enough install in. We had a couple protections, a couple plays, but that was it. We had nothing in it. Our pass game had nothing in it. 
Uh, a lot of guys would ask, and this was the Shanahan thing, hey, what happens when they do this? And they'd say, we'll get to it when we get to that. And that type of attitude got us in trouble. And by the end, they were just making a thousand adjustments instead of building them in at the beginning, one source said. So just scrambling to adjust right. and to fix stuff after shit went wrong. And they mentioned how they, they just added play action into the into the game plan on like the last game of the season. And Mac was like perfect from, you know, from under center in, in that. So it's like, why did it take so damn long for these things to happen? You know, it just, and that's why you have to be concerned if you're a bill guy, like, is this guy still in the yeah. right mindset or headspace to freaking lead? And, and why not fire a guy mid season? Like the Joe judge stuff. Here's another yeah. great one. Why are they Patri- so loyal to Joe Patricia- judge? Patricia came under outside fire as the face of the offense. Judge drew increasing criticism from within. Okay, and again, this is an extremely vetted source, and this is one where you know uh, Andrew and, and Karen said that they, they you know, they, they corroborated this through multiple sources. Belichick would blast Judge in practice. It wasn't uncommon for Judge and Jones to trade profanity-laced outbursts in practice. Jones' trust That's in his crazy. position coach was non-existent. Mac didn't like him. One source said at all. And then, as you said, Judge would speak extra loud in meetings, acting like he was the guy, and nobody liked it. A lot. A third source. A lot of people were frustrated with Judge. Okay, <laughs> they're like, and then another this source. Guy, this guy was a pinata. Another I mean, source. Why? Sometimes I wonder, are we trying to screw this up on purpose? So <laughs> over and over and over again, this talking was the about Patricia called scared the Bills game. That that game was bullshit. One source said about the scared play calling. These are people just piling on. Uh, one after the other after the other. So it's again, it's a really interesting read, but it's troubling, man. Right? Bill's loyal, man. Bill's probably too loyal. He didn't want to yeah. throw Judge under the bus, and and you know, when you get fired, when Bill, if Bill Belichick fires you midseason, that put the kibosh on your on your coaching career. You know what I mean? Like, so that probably had something to do with it. But I don't know why he's still sticking around now. I mean, really. Obviously, he doesn't have the reason to the players. I mean, those quotes are unheard of, really. I mean, yeah. when, when do you get stuff that, you know, scaling? Unheard about- of. And, and again, you can't – And so, again, I want to stress the thing I said at the top of the podcast for anybody – when we're listening to the listening to uh, Andrew and Karen talk about it, there was so much more that came their way that they did not publish because they couldn't corroborate everything with second independent outside sources. But the people who told it to them were trusted sources mm-hmm. who delivered other information that was corroborated. They just couldn't corroborate every single one. But the anecdotal stuff that they were hearing on top of that tons of it was like no no way that happened like any of that in podcast no just kind of hinting that like it was shocking uh how far how far it went beyond what was printed so this is tip of the iceberg uh so what's gonna happen then i mean patricia's still involved you gotta get those guys the f away from everything i i'm actually stuck you gotta get them upstairs right i'm stunned judge is going to the shrine bowl and he's still part of things he's not coaching anything but he's still present which is surprising to me yeah, meet. I mean, based on that article, yeah, it's very surprising to me. I mean, if, if if you're telling me that Mac and Joe Judge were just sharing, you know, 
profanity, profanity tirades at each other. That's not like Brady and, and Bill O'Brien. Those guys had a, a mutual respect and they both had success in this league. And that was tough love. It sounds to me like Mac and judge just hate each other, or at least Mac hates judge. Like how is that conducive to freaking winning? It's obviously not They're freaking horrible all damn year. And they were miserable. Right. I mean, that was a mis- that looked like a miserable team from start of the year to the end of the year. This article just confirms everything that we thought. I mean, those guys did a ton of work in order to make in order to get those confirmations. Uh, I'm glad that they did because it kind of validates everything I thought, and everything we said. And you need it out there, honestly, because I mean, again, not to somebody get somebody has pre- to keep somebody has to keep them in check. Not not to get all journalist preachy, but Andrew talked about it at the beginning. There's a lot of people out there on Twitter, and it's again, these are the Patriots blanket binky, you know, yeah. fans that are like, as soon as something negative is said, it's oh, hiding behind anonymous sources. Guys, this is the oh. point of journalism. You're you're trying to hold power to account. You think if three players really wanted you to know how stuff was going in Foxborough because they thought the story needed to be told, that they could come out publicly and do it and then show up to Foxborough the next day and be like, hi, Bill. Right. You can't do that. Like, you can't I, do it. You know? I, I sent a link to my to my buddy Chris, and he goes, oh, I don't see any named sources in there. I'm like, dude. He's like, This is oh. literally how journalism works. <laughs> like, find me an article with named sources. That's just not – you're never, it's never going to happen. If you're holding power to account, the people who are speaking are taking tremendous risk even speaking to you. You know why? They're trusting. You know why half the time? What's most annoying is, yes, you have media that have agendas. You have media that are compromised in the sense that they get played by the sources, you know, and you've got transactional journalism, which has screwed people up. And you've got bad journalism, which is loose, meaning – I heard it third hand and I'm, I'm, I'm jumping out on it. Yeah, exactly. Just toss it out there. You've got that. And that discredits good journalism and good journalism is talking to people, corroborating it, sharing your sources with your editors, making sure everything's been vetted before you let fly with some stuff. But the reality is every time one of these quote unquote hit pieces come out from a, from legitimate sources, the reality is the stuff they heard. And Jimmy, you know, we worked in media. The stuff we heard that we didn't talk about and didn't print is 10 times more than the stuff that gets out there. When it gets out there, you actually feel pretty solid about it if you're credible. But the stuff you hear circulating, the anecdotal stuff from loose sources and loose talk, it's pretty significant. So, again, they say it was way worse than what we were able to actually print and pretty substantial what's going out there. It's usually worse. The story is usually even worse. And you know what? Like – I, I believe everything in this story specifically because, I mean, Callahan's one of the great, you know, younger, newer writers, but Garigian's been doing it forever. She's one of the best. And she's got a ton of connections. A ton the of sources. People talk to Karen. Tons of people. When I was on the beat, I was always watching her talk to whoever she wanted to. I was like, damn, she's awesome. She's and awesome. All, her stu- she, all of her stuff's been awesome for years and years and years. Why would she – she doesn't need She doesn't need to make something up. You know what I mean? Like – like she has she ever proven to have an agenda why would you assume no, not she has at all. one now right she doesn't even do the media she doesn't even do tv or radio she just does her job and she crushes it so that's why i was you know i i don't even question for a second anything in those articles i don't care that they're on name sources like so and also it's all very believable 
you could yeah. watch the damn season. It wasn't like the players were hiding their, um, you know, dissatisfaction with 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 the outcomes of these games and the way it went about. I mean, just talk to them after the game. Yeah. I mean, they were pretty forthright with it. Yeah. What is interesting, also, Jimmy, is you know, you know, we've covered them. Um, you know, and, and again, Jimmy and I worked together at NBC Sports Boston. We covered a Super Bowl together back in 2015. Dude, um, eight years ago. Can you believe I know, that? I know. I was just, you know, just remembering that run. I mean, you know, I, I was fortunate and got to cover so many of those times, but we had a really good uh, good one. We covered that one against the Seattle. That was um, so good. We had a, such a sick set. It's great set, great experience, great coverage. Very my, my the favorite game, the best, best game. the best Super Bowl of the entire run. Um, Maybe of all time. But um, so you know, we've been down to Foxborough a ton of times. Again, what's interesting now is um, because they run such a tight ship, you would never get these types of leaks. You might get one guy stepping out. You had two thousand nine, one year, and that was like the everything went bad that year. They lost control of the ship. You had the Dallas Thomas and the, the Jetsons and the late for practice and the snowstorm and all of that stuff. Like that, that whole season was off and you could tell they 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 lost lost a little. Yeah. They lost a little control, but um, it's rare. Thomas. If this many people wanted to come out and get that story out there, that means there was a lot of people that were like, I'm really, really, really concerned with what's happening here. And I really think people need to know this because, and again, this is what sucks when you're under the Patriots veil of silence. They don't talk about injuries. So a lot of people think players are wusses for not getting back early. And the players hate that. They don't talk about stuff that goes on the scenes. They don't explain. They don't ever give explanations for who did what bad or hold people accountable. They just stonewall everybody. And the players are like, so everyone thinks I suck. You know, like it wasn't me who sucked. It was this guy. Like how the hell was I going to do it? So like who's the running back? I'm already blanking on his name. This Ramondre. Year. Yeah, I mean they talked about that in the article how he had like a hundred or two hundred more carries they than the beat next him guy. To death. Yeah, he, they ran into the ground. They had no. That was that was their that was their um their their only play call I think in the in the book handoff second and nineteen drop play. Yep. yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Brutal. So yeah, so- you, you're right. They wanted it out there, but I'm, I'm a little worried, Jimmy. I don't think Jim O'Brien fixes it. Bill O'Brien fixes everything. And I still I think either. Mac, I still think Mac is, I mean, I think middle of the pack is the ceiling for Mac. That's the thing. But don't you think you'll just, don't you think you'll know after this year? Don't I you want to know? <laughs> Here's the thing. If they had the Miami Dolphins like weapons package, you know, or like, you know, if they had, if they, they had get a, another guy, yeah. For if sure. they had stuff around and then you put the, but, the thing is, Matt can go out with O'Brien next year, and they've got you – know, and Jacoby Myers leaves, and they're left with Tyquan Thornton, Kendrick Bourne, and Devontae Parker, and some crappy third-round receiver they get that they'll never play. And that's what he's throwing to with those friggin' two tight ends. And by the way, Hunter Henry's the worst skill, starting skill position player in the NFL. So if he's oh, back with Janu, that's – if that's what you're – how are you going to judge that? The offensive line, I mean, two of those guys I played well. somebody. Two of the two of the offensive linemen played well, Andrews and Onwenu. The other three played well below replacement level, like well below replacement level. So you need an overhaul on the line and every skill position except for running back right now. So and if you get all of that, great. Then play calling and 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 then you can see what Mac can do. But what is he supposed to do with what he has right now? How good can this offense be with these with this personnel? It's terrible. 
They're terrible. No, I mean, they're terrible. I, they're terrible. I, I, th- I think they're going to have to get another receiver in, in some way, shape, or form. But I think regardless of, like, I mean, if you if – you, if you're just going to look at the box score then yeah, and make a determination on Mac Jones, then yeah, that might be difficult. But if you watch the games and you see, again, if it, if it comes down to Bill O'Brien's you know, additional play calling, um, something that's more suitable for Mac Jones, you get an idea of what this guy is at least capable of. And you can probably say, okay, well, if he had another wide receiver, if he had a big target in the red zone, you know, maybe he completes that pass. If he's still wildly missing receivers like he did this year, um, or if he's looking like scared in the pocket, like you did a ton of times this year, then yeah, I mean, I, I, I would, I would say then yeah, he's just not good enough or, or whatever, but I think you're going to get a bigger picture of if, whether or not, and again, this is at the end of the day, you're trying to win, you're trying to go to a Super Bowl, win the, win a championship. I know that we're very, very far away from that right now with the Patriots, but that's the idea. It's a quarterback's league. I mean, look at the quarterbacks that are in the AFC and NFC championship this year. They're all young guys. They're all, I think it's the youngest four since like 1997 or six or something like that. In fact, I saw that stat. I know it's a fact. It's the youngest four quarterbacks since 1996. And that was when it was like Bledsoe, Favre, or something like that. There are a couple other young guys. So it's a young quarterbacks league. You have to have one. And right now, the Patriots aren't close because Mac Jones isn't anywhere near the boroughs and, and, you know, Mahomes and all that stuff. But can he be a top 10 quarterback? I think that's something that we, we have to make an effort to look at, into next season. And that's why they're bringing Bill O'Brien in. You got to start. I don't, pull, I don't think he can personally. I'm not a Matt guy. I think he's got attitude issues too. And that's another reason why I want Bill O'Brien to come in. Bill O'Brien won't take any shit. Oh my God. No. So we're going to learn about a lot about Mac Jones one way or the other. We're either going to learn he's a winner or we're going to learn he's a loser. So you might have to sacrifice another season. I hate to say it if you're a Patriots fan, but you don't really have a choice. It's not like this team's really built to make it a playoff run anyways, as it is right now. Certainly it wasn't built that way to end this season. It's the second straight season where they've limped into the end of the end of the year. You have no choice but to hold on to Mac because you have so many problems elsewhere. You right. gotta, and he you doesn't make – he Mac's makes good. dirt. Yeah, and he makes no money. So if you're trying to bring in a couple of skilled players, this is the time to do it. And right now, they could certainly use some. I mean, the guys they brought in, you already mentioned, um, John U. Smith and Hunter Henry, two complete busts that they paid a lot of money towards. Aguilar's gone, thank God. He didn't do anything. I actually like Parker. If he can stay healthy, I think he's a guy that can do something. I don't know what's going to happen with Myers. And after that, it's like pray for rain. I mean, Bourne, I mean, he's done, right? Oh, he's back. Know. Oh, he's got one more. But, I mean, he's in the doghouse. We'll see if he even makes the roster um, at this rate. So, I don't know. I think but Bourne's going to end up being their best receiver next year. Truthfully. He's good, but they don't freaking play him. So, I don't know what's going to have to happen. And this will get him Bill Ryan's good side. But also, we still don't know where's Patricia going to go. Why is Judge still employed? I mean, like, these are just crazy Crazy, crazy thing. So, you're right. Though. You can't, you can't have judge in the building. Not after you what really I can't. read. Huh? Not after what I read today. I don't you know. You cannot. You I don't think you can have him. In I don't the know building. why they would. Why would they want to? Yeah. It's Orange's not like back, it, back next year at a pretty manageable number. So he's he's a good bargain. Actually. I remember when I I remember when they made that signing. Everybody loved that signing. The Bourne signing. Yeah. Not a lot of money. A guy that can have an increased role. That's why it's so befuddling. Their usage again is it is it 
just stubbornness by the coaching staff. Oh, this guy's this guy wants to be Terrell Owens or this guy wants to talk, then he's gonna sit in the bench and we'll just we'll, you know, bite our nose off to spider face type of situation. Like every time they put this guy in the game, he was effective. Born. Fun stuff, good article, good podcast, good conversation. Um I need to get least, all that off my chest. Thank you. No, at least there's something to talk about regarding the Patriots because I found this season to be just pathetic and dull um, and really hard to get excited about anything because you knew where it was going early and it was really hard to get get into it. So, yeah, you know, there's something to be said for kind of starting anew. And the problem is, is you really started anew three years ago and you're not really much farther along. So you kind of wish you could get there, but we'll see what happens. Anyway, uh, we're going to wrap. This was the Patriots portion of the Garden Report, the Jimmy John Patriots podcast. Yeah, that was a Jimmy John preview, I guess. A little Jimmy John preview. So we'll check that out. We'll we'll, we'll get back to Celtics on Saturday. Again, Jimmy's got a gig on Friday, so make sure you check that out if you're in the South Boston area. Five to eight at... Five to eight. I usually play till nine at Hunter's. It's called Hunter's. It's in South Boston. Great food. If you guys just want to go and grab a quick bite, I would re- highly recommend. The chef, I think I said this before, the chef of Hunter's, Chef Lambo, we call him, he beat Bobby Flay on yes. Bobby Flay's television show. His gumbo beat Bobby Flay's gumbo. It's unbelievable. And, and they sell it there. So if you're, uh, it's kind of gumbo weather. You know, it's cold out there. You know, you're going to want to just uh, have some Southern comfort food. It's the place to go. And then I'll croon. I'll croon for you. There it is. There you go, Newmanium. Check them out. All right. I'll be there. Good night, guys. Thank you for watching. Celtics lose. Bruins lose. Patriots <laughs> are losers. <laughs> but uh, but things are trending up. But I believe, still love so you, John. I, I still believe you. in you. I love you. you. Should, we get it? Should we get it one more time? <laughs> Where is he? Where is he? Oh He's God! I never. It. I wonder if Bobby was in on that. He definitely was. We should have asked him about that one. Oh man, I missed it. I I, I wish we had. It was freaking so priceless. Let me see if I have it. Yeah. We just spoke outside. Jalen is a guy who can kind of get down on himself, particularly after missing the free throws. Is that? Do you have a conversation <laughs> with him? I love you, Jalen. <laughs> anything more than that, and anything going forward. I love you, Jalen, and I believe in you. <laughs> oh. Oh, I love you, oh, Jalen. I believe in you. <laughs> oh, man. Thanks, coach. Thanks, the coach. Um, <laughs> anyway, good night, guys. We'll see you guys. Uh, we'll see you guys on Saturday. Take care. <laughs>